Hi guys, Candace here. So glad to get to spend a little bit of time with you today on The Good Day. Here, we'll focus on finding grace in our ordinary days. We'll learn good days don't just happen. And even more, a good life doesn't just happen. There's a choice involved. Join me as we learn how to develop the discipline and cultivate a heart that seeks strength, joy, and peace and finds rest in the good day, one day at a time. This week, we're talking about commands and building plans and a lot of wandering. Quick recap from last week. The last plague hits close to home for Pharaoh when his son is killed, and he allows the Israelites to leave. But soon, he has a change of heart because God hardens his heart and decides to go in eager pursuit of them and kill them. The Israelites are traveling and come to the Red Sea. They came all this way for this, they're thinking. They left Egypt just so they could be killed by Pharaoh's army here. Once on the other side, Pharaoh's army is charging toward them, and Moses raises his staff over the waters again, and the waters overwhelm and drown the Egyptians. Still got those walking shoes on? Good, because like the Israelites, we're not there yet. We're going to spend some time talking about commands and closeness. So this whole journey we see of the Israelites leaving Egypt is the exodus or the mass departure of immigrants, meaning they do not belong there. They belong somewhere else. While on this journey to somewhere else, because they don't know where this promised land is yet, God gives them some rules to follow. He gives rules not because he's zero fun, sir, but because he loves them so much and wants to protect them. In the same way, a parent has rules for a toddler to train them in a way to help them grow and flourish and become who they were made to be, God gave the Israelites rules too. You may know these as thou shalt and thou shalt not rules. And gosh, rules are hard to keep. Yet here's the thing we must remember. These rules were not meant as a setup. God was not giving us rules and setting us up so we would fail. Not at all. God, Instead, God was using these commands to show us our need for him. We need him to help us. Without his power working in us, we can't live righteously and in relationship with God. After these commands, God gives his people more guidance in the form of rules. It's all recorded in the book of Leviticus, which if you've ever tried reading through the Bible, this is the part where we say, well, I tried and close the book. It's dense. It's tough. And in giving all the laws, God also instructs his people to build something and gives very detailed instructions in how to build it. He tells them to build a holy, temporary structure where he can live with them. It will be called a tabernacle. The key word here is temporary. We'll get to this more soon enough. In this, I am moved by God's consistency. Here, he is giving the Israelites laws to follow so they can live in relationship with him. And now we see him inviting them into physical closeness with him. He is a God of relationships. God's presence dwelled in the most holy space in the tabernacle called the Ark of the Covenant. And as the God of promise, he dwells in the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, covenant means promise. It was also known as the Ark of the Testimony because it held the stone tablets with the law. Remember, a law that was given to us to reveal our need for him. When has any other God done this? God Almighty is saying, I am for you and I am with you. Build this place according to my holy standards so I may dwell with you. In your wandering, 
I am with you. Uh, Tears come to my eyes as I settle and reflect on how he has made this truth known to me in my life. I pray as you spend time in prayer and reflection, he reveals this to you too. The Old Testament is story after story after story after story. You get the idea of God's faithfulness, of how he makes a promise and he never lets go. We're moving right along through the Old Testament, but to get the full impact of today's reading, we need to take a quick look back to Genesis. In Genesis 15, verse 16, it says, In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. Even in the beginning, God tells Abraham his descendants will return to the promised land, specifically in the fourth generation. Timing is all in his control. Maybe it's just me, although I bet it's not. When waiting on God, I have a tendency to become impatient. Reminders of his perfect timing bring so much peace to my prone-to-wander, anxious thoughts. So now we're in Exodus chapter 16 through 18, and we see the Israelites are wandering the wilderness for 40 years. One moment they're thankful for how God is providing for them. The next they're complaining this is all they have. Repeat, repeat, repeat. For four decades. Sound familiar? (laughs) This reminds me of the time our family drove from Texas to Disneyland. 15 and a half hours is a blink compared to 40 years, but that was us. Just to give you a visual, this was the 90s, so we didn't have the built-in DVD players yet. We had a small TV with a DVD player. We'd lay down in the middle row of the burb, we called our suburban Sally, and lounge in the back playing card games and eating snacks. I specifically remember Twizzlers and Jell-O snack packs and Sunny D. Hey, sugar them up and maybe they'll stay quiet, right? (laughs) And watching movies while the tires spun steadily on I-40 West. We were thankful and excited for where we were going and how our parents were providing for us one moment, then complaining of being bored, tired, hungry, thirsty, stiff, and bored again the next. Yeah, not that different from the Israelites. Anyway, remember how we said the Bible can be hard to understand? Often, this is because it's not laid out in chronological order. We're in Exodus, but the details of the Israelites' wandering is held in the book of Numbers. They're going from Mount Sinai to the edge of Canaan. Read through it and see if it reminds you of your last family road trip. (laughs) But maybe delay this if you have an upcoming road trip planned. Denial is bliss. Or something like that. (laughs) So this journey is characterized with lots of grumbling and complaining and sin. Yet God remains faithful because it was a covenant, not a contract he made with Abraham. No matter what we do, God will keep his promise. The first time they approached the promised land of Canaan, it's been about a year carrying the tabernacle and Moses sends 12 spies to get a lay of the land. The spies do this for 40 days. Now you're seeing 40 repeated again and again, and this is on purpose. 40 represents a time of testing in the Bible. So we're going to continue to see this. And while the 10, while 10 of the spies say the men are too big and powerful for the Israelites to overtake, Joshua and Caleb are the two who believe God is bigger. God is not happy about the doubt among the group of spies. And we see Moses urge God to be slow to anger and forgiving towards them. So let's just be sure we catch this. The Israelites 
could have entered the promised land in just one year. Yet, because of their disbelief, they were punished with one year for every day, which totals 40 years. Additionally, not everyone will be allowed to enter the promised land. Because of their trust in him, God allows Joshua and Caleb to be two of those who get to enter. So take two. They try again a second time, but are unable to enter. Recorded in the book of Deuteronomy are all the speeches Moses gives on the plains of Moab, telling the people to remember God and his laws and urge them toward obedience. He says, The Lord our God said to us, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to the descendants after them. Moses is reminding them of the covenant God made and urging them to have faith as his time as their leader has come to an end. Cliffhanger, I know. But next week we find out who takes Moses' place in leading the Israelites. Trying to fill Moses' shoes with all the grumbles and complaints. And remember, this was before the concept of the complaint jar was invented. I can't imagine there were many lined up wanting to take this role. (laughs) I already can't wait for our time together next week. Talk soon. May we find strength in the Word of God. May our joy for reading Scripture grow as we intentionally choose to set aside time to spend reading it each day. May our peace overflow as the Word of God reads us and changes us from the inside out. Then we will know rest this world cannot give. Remember how we said five minutes a day can change your day, your life, and even your eternity? Well, I'm sharing what I'll be reading with you this week on my website and on social. I really hope you'll join me. The good life, well, it starts with a good day, then another, then another. Let's choose to live the good day one day at a time.